KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah. This is KMTT, the Torah podcast. Today is Friday. Tetvav Elul, 15th day of Elul, Erev, Shabbat Kodesh, Pashat Kitavo. And this is Ezubek. Pashat Kitavo, the largest section of Pashat Kitavo, of course, is the Tochacha, the rebuke long and detailed and depressing description of what will befall us, what befall Am Yisrael, if we don't keep the Torah. The, uh, the framework for the Torah is a continuation of a ceremony, the Brit, which Kosh describes, whereby when the Jews enter Eretz Yisrael, so they have a ceremony of bracha v'klala, of blessing and and cursing, which is done on har eval and har gerizim. And the way it's done is that the the Jews were spread six tribes, six shvatim on har eval, six shvatim on har uh, gerizim. The levim were in the in the middle. They faced har gerizim and said the bracha of which the most important line is Baruch Asher Yakim, he who observes the Torah will be Baruch, then they turn and face Har Eval, six tribes that are there, and they say the Kelala, Aru Asher Lo Yakim, cursed be he who does not fulfill the Torah, and the other Rachot Peklalot as well. In our heads, and the Ibn Sukim would sort of like imply this, we always remember it the other way around, that the Bracha is given on Har Gizim, the Bracha is given on Har Eval, and therefore we tend to forget and think the Jews were in the middle, and the Levian was split into two groups, but that's not the way it was. The bracha wasn't given on Harizim, it was given towards Harizim, and the Kala was given towards Harival. The Jewish people themselves were split into two. And I once saw an explanation, and I, I don't remember who said it. I apologize. And an explanation of, this, of, this, of the way it was described. Why were the Jews split into two? Why was the bracha in one direction and the Kala in the other direction? And there are, so to speak, two groups of Jews who represent. Obviously, the Jews belong to both groups, but the Jewish people is in both groups, but the Jews are into two different groups. And, and he said an interesting, an interesting vote. We all the time emphasize that a person... First of all, life is complicated, and a person has to do the best he can in every situation. But in terms of Musa, there is, there is a, a, an idea in, in Yiddishkeit that says that... In principle, Baracha and Klala are opposites. And Tov and Ra are opposites. And a person who's found in Shchunat he's found in the neighborhood of evil, he's found in the neighborhood of Klala, is really lost. It's true, you have Bechirach of Shit, you can make the best of it there, and you can be a Tzadik there as well. But that I'll tell you after you get stuck there. But as Chazah said, Havei Golel Makom Torah, or, or uh, that, that a person should make sure that he lives in an, in an, in an atmosphere which is, which is an atmosphere of bracha, which is conducive to bracha. And that's what the ceremony was, was, trying to, was trying to create. The ceremony was saying that there are two separate mountains. And therefore, if we really want to make the most of our lives, it's not enough to have the right convictions and to say, okay, I want to be a tzaddik. You have to make sure that you have the, you have the proper environment. And, and therefore, 
you should make sure that the atmosphere, the place, the geography in which you live is one of bracha and not one of klala. As elu ya'amdu al har grizim, the elu ya'amdu al har ival. Theoretically, the Jewish people are split into two: those who are in the wrong place and those who are in the right place. And the klala goes here, and the bracha goes there. And it will only be an extraordinary effort to mix the two of them together. And the chatchila, we don't have an initial uh, attempt to correct the wrong mountain, but we should make sure that we're placed in the proper mountain. Of course, Pashat Kitavo is read, and that I think only coincidentally as part of our getting ready for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Yom Hadin, Yom Aslicha. The music in today's broadcast is taken from a CD that was made a couple of years ago at a meeting of the uh, an alumni gathering. Uh, the Bagrim, the alumni of Yeshivat HaRetzion here in Yeshiva. And we got together, there's quite a few hundred people, to reproduce some of the singing of the Yeshiva, most of which is done on Shabbat and Yontav. Frankly, most of it was done on Yemin Noraim. Most of the songs on the CD obviously we don't have recordings of them this recording was done artificially it was not done in situ in the real place but nonetheless it's the same people and uh, you'll hear Rav Amital who is the Chazan for Shani Yom Kippur in this recording and I have taken the liberty of interjecting part of getting ready for Shoshana two pieces from Shoshana Yeshivat HaRetzion the alumni who are listening will undoubtedly recognize and I hope everybody else enjoys it as well. couple of weeks in the uh, Erev Shabbat program, I'd like to take the uh, advantage, take the opportunity to discuss the Tfilot, the Tfilah of Rosh Hashanah. Uh, as we know, the 
typical tefillah, the, the archetypical tefillah of Hashanah is Musaf, where we have three special, three extra brachot, the bracha of Malchiyot, bracha of Zichronot, and the bracha of uh, Shofarot. I'd like to try to understand what the meaning of these three brachot are. And in fact, we're discussing the theme of Rosh Hashanah. The, the middle bracha of any tefillah, Shabbat and Yom Tov, describes the Kedushat Hayom of that day. Here we have three brachot. One of them is part of Kedushat Hayom. It's part of Mikadesh, Israel of Yom HaZikaron. That's Malchuyot. So therefore, the idea of Malchut, of kingship, is for sure the, the central idea. But the other two brachot are also central ideas of Rosh Hashanah. So by understanding the brachot, we also understand Rosh Hashanah, as well as, I think, helping to prepare us for tefillah. Okay, so today, let's take a few minutes to discuss the bracha called Birkat Malchuyot. In truth, Malchut appears in two different places in the Shmonesri. It appears in the third bracha of Shmonesri, the bracha that's called Kedushat Hashem, which normally has the conclusion Hakela Kadosh, and on Rosh Hashanah has the conclusion Hamelech Hakadosh. You already see the addition of Malchut to this bracha, but there is also on Rosh Hashanah a an addition, a long addition to this bracha. It's so long that sometimes we forget we're still only in the third bracha. We're getting into the central. Uh, atmosphere, but we're still in the third bracha, the bracha of Atakadosh. But to Atakadosh we have a long addition which begins with the sections, each one begins with the word Uvachain. Uvachain tein pachtacha, Uvachain tein kavod, Uvachain tzadikim, betimloch. The theme is Malchut. Right, the last part of, it, of this addition is betimloch, ata Hashem levadecha, al kol maasecha, vahautzel mishkan kivodecha. You will rule by yourself, alone, over all the world, from Tzion, from Yushalayim. As it says, Yimloch Hashem Lama Kekson of Doha Kadoshata, you have to get back to the theme of Kedusha, You are holy, Benorashemecha, and awesome is your name, and there is no God other than you. And then we say, Hamelech HaKadosh. In fact, in the Mishnah, in Rosh Hashanah, there is a controversy, a dispute of Tanaim, as to whether or not the Bracha called Malchuyot, the ten psukim, which we begin with Aleinu, should be said in Kedushat Hashem, or in Kedushat Hayom, where we say it. So we don't follow the opinion that says that Malchut should be in Kedushat Hashem, but we do have a theme of Malchut in Kedushat Hashem. Not the official Malchut, but there is definitely some kind of Malchut that's placed in Kedushat Hashem. Then we have Malchut in Kedushat Hayom, which begins with Aleinu, and Alkeinu Kaveh, Hashem Elokeinu, Laot Meheira B'tiferet Uzecha. And then also we talk about the kingship of our God, Ki Amalchut Shelchahi, for the kingship is yours, forever you will rule in glory, as it's written, Hashem Elok Laam Ve'ed, and then come the ten psukim, and the conclusion, Melech Al-Kol Ha'aretz, Mekadesh Yisrael B'Yom HaZikaron. What is the difference between these two themes? Malchut appears in two different places. The very fact that it's in two places very gives us an answer. One is the sanctity of God and one is the sanctity of the day. Kedushat, Kedushat Hashem, that God is holy, refers to the fact that God is above and beyond the world. I heard from the Rav many times that Birkata Kedushat means transcendence. Kadosh, 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 the Rav said, should be translated as transcendent, more transcendent, even more transcendent. The Ramban says that the word Kedusha means prishut, means separated, 
the Kedushah of God is because he's not part of the world. So if we put Malchut into Kedushah Hashem, we're saying that the kingship of God is, is not part of the world, but is above and beyond the world. How can kingship be above and beyond? So look at the words. The words are, And thus, God, place your fear over all your that which you have done. And your terror over all that you which you have created. And all things should see and fear you and bow before you. A little bit stronger, the third, the second Uvachain. Uvachain ten kavod Hashem la'amecha. And the third Uvachain. And when that will take place, so that Sadiqim will see and will be happy. But the evil, tikpot spia, its mouth will be closed. Bechol harishachula ke'ashan tichle, and all evil will be burnt up. In other words, the kingship of the first bracha is God imposing His kingship on the world. It comes from outside of the world and is simply imposed on the world. And its basic expression is fear and trembling. Pachad ve'ema. And what happens to the evil? They're consumed. Ashan They disappear in, in a flash of smoke and fire. The Kedusha of Malchuyot, what we hold, Shitat Rabbi Akiva, is the real theme, central theme of Rosh Hashanah, sounds very different. The opening introduction is, We pray and hope and aspire God to see the glory of your might. That, that that idolatry should be disappear from the world. And all the gods, the false gods, should be destroyed. The world should be corrected, fixed, enhanced in the kingship of God. And all B'nai Vasam, and all creatures of flesh should call your name. All the evil should turn to you. Notice, here we're not talking about God's kingship destroying evil, but God's kingship attracting evil to change and to turn it. Everyone will accept God. Everyone will recognize that He should bow before you and swear by your name. And all, everyone, all those who were previously called evil will now accept the yoke of God's kingship. This is the theme of Malchuyot of Rosh Hashanah. To put it in a nutshell, on Rosh Hashanah, we don't merely state God's kingship, but we actually create it. When you say Yechi HaMelech, when you say God is king, you're not affirming a truth, but you're coronating God. The Rav once said in a shir before Rosh Hashanah that the night of Rosh Hashanah is called in the literature of Hasidut Karnat the evening of coronation, we place the crown on God's head. Because our recognition of His kingship is what makes the kingship. It's not kingship that is imposed from without, but it's kingship that derives from the acceptance of God's rule by all 
first of all by the Jews, and ultimately by all creatures, then God is indeed by Yom Ahu Yiyashem Echad Echad. And the Rav then proceeded to show how this progression of kingship that arises from within is the theme of the different psukim. And this is what I would like to show us. As you know, the middle brachot of Tefilat Rosh Hashanah have ten psukim. Ten psukim means ten proof texts. We'll go over quickly the ten psukim, the ten verses of Malchuyot, and see their progression. First pasuk is, Hashem yimloch la'olam va'ed. God is king forever and forever. It's a statement of fact. A statement of transcending fact. It's a statement of fact that God is king whether or not there is a world or there is no world, whether you accept him or you don't accept him. God is the king. Adon olam asher malach b'terem kol yitzir nivra. God was king before anything was created. Hashem yimloch le'olam ve'ed in all eternity. Statement one. Statement two. V'ne'emar. Lo hibit avin b'yaakov lo aram al b'yisrael. Hashem elokavi mo utruat melech bo. Aside from being king over everything and over nothing and over eternity, but God is king over the Jews. For he saw no evil in Jacob and no labor in Israel. Their God is with them. The sounding of the horn of the king is heard within Israel. So the Rav said, When do you have Truat Melechba? When do you have to sound the horn of the king when he visits? If the king is coming from without and visiting Israel, then before he comes, there's this clarion call, and then the king enters. So this is a step above the first pasuk. Hashem yimloch l'olam ve'ed. Here, he's he's someone is sounding the horn, but he's not a permanent resident. He's coming to visit. The next pasuk, Here it describes b'yishurun. Yishurun is Israel, is the Jews. God is king within Israel. It's the next step. So we have a, a triple progression here. God is king. A God is a visiting king. He's granted the status of king and God is in residence as king. When the tribes of Israel are all together, then God is within their midst. The leader from within, from within their unity, when the tribes unify themselves, then God resides within them. Those are the psukim from the Torah. Three psukim from the Ketuvim. The Gva, the Vilna Gaon explains what's the difference between Molech and Moshel, Melucha and Memshala. Because Melucha is kingship, Memshala is basically tyranny. It means to rule, to have more power than someone else. God said to Eve after she ate from Eitzadat, your husband will rule over you. It's not the acceptance of someone's authority. It's, it's strength. So it says, God has kingship. Why? Because he rules arbitrarily and involuntarily over the nations. God rules for he is dressed in in ascendancy. Geut means means to rise up, to have power. 
to have pride. Oz hit azar. God is girded in strength. In other words, ketuvim, which in general, the books of wisdom, they don't describe the prophecy of the future and they don't describe the history of the Jews. They describe the, what, what, what logic, what, what rationality, what wisdom describes the permanent state of God's relationship to the world. Here we have four psukim. Describe Malchuyot a number of times. The psukim are divided into two. They're talking about the gates of Yerushalayim or the gates of the Beit HaMikdash. Gates, raise up your heads. What's the answer? What's the answer? Who is the king of glory? The God of power and might. The mighty of war. Again, raise up, O gates, your heads. The portals of the world rise and the king of glory should come. The God of hosts. So the Rath pointed out the first time the small difference in the Invocation. One time it says, Hinasu Pitreolam, and one says, Usu Pitreolam. Hinasu, Lashon Hifil, implies that the gates are rising up in response to something. And, and be, be risen. When God enters, when God comes to the gate, the gate involuntarily greets God. If God appears, then He will be accepted. But not, not, not totally on our own. The majesty of God is such that we will accept and recognize His majesty. So the answer to that question, God will appear, gates open up, is who is the God who can do that? Izuz, the Gibor, mighty, powerful, Gibor Milchama, mighty in war. Second Pasuk says, Open up, raise your, raise your heads, raise up the portals of the world. Not be be risen, not be elevated, but but elevate yourselves. And then the answer is, Hashem Tzvakot, the God of hosts. The God of hosts means that part of His Godship, part of His divinity, part of His majesty rises from the fact that He is the God of others. That there are many Tzvakot, many hosts, many armies, many peoples, many congregations who carry Him, so to speak. Because his kingship is based on them. So this last pasuk in Ketuvim described the progression from accept God because his majesty demands your acceptance to accept God because you want to accept him and then the name of God changes in accordance from Hashem Gibo Milchama to Hashem Tzvakot Humelech HaKavod Sela. And then the psukim from the Vim, which are based on the future. God says, I am first and I am last. And aside from me, there is no one else. This is, God is being king. It actually doesn't say anything. It says, The word Melech is mentioned here, but the description is, I exist. Before and after. And aside from me, there is no one, no other God. But this is, the God who is king because he's king not because we've responded God isn't king irrespective of what's in the world but he will rule over from Halzion 
He will rule over Har Esav, Vaital Hashem Amlucha. This is talking about the conquest of Har Esav. Esav is the enemy. And Moshiim, Redeemers, will come from Har Tzion to judge Har Esav, and then God will be king. So here God is in fact extending His kingship because people are accepting Him, but they're accepting Him because in judgment, because of conquest. And then the last Pasuk, the ninth Pasuk, the third Pasuk from Nevi'im, V'ne'emar v'ya Hashem ne'melech al kol ha'aretz v'yom ahu yeh Hashem echad u'shmo echad. God will be king over all the world and on that day His name will be one and He will be one. Why on that day? God is king now. But people don't accept Him now. On that day, the day in the future, God's name will be one. He will be one and His name will be one because all people will call His name. That's what was described in the opening from Al-Kain Kaveh from Aleinu. Your name will be called by all people. That's the true oneness and kingship of God when everyone will accept Him. The tenth pasuk, the extra pasuk, Shema Yisrael Hashem Akein Hashem Echad doesn't even say king, it says Echad. The Jewish people already fulfill that which must be fulfilled in the future, more universally, of calling the name of God and saying He is our God, Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad. So what these psukim, there are ten psukim, but we've tried to show that the ten psukim have a progression and a theme. The theme is not merely recognizing God's kingship. And not merely hoping for a day when God will be king and evil won't exist. We're not satisfied with that. Because it's not fully true kingship. Even though nothing's missing. No one rebels. It's not good enough. The true kingship of God is when not merely won't there be any opposition to His rule, but the positive aspect of the rule will derive from people wanting God to be king, from their voluntary acceptance. And therefore, you have on one hand the might of God, which demands acceptance, but on the other hand, simply the truth of God, which we have to recognize, we have to find it, we're not forced to find it, but we have to find it, and we find it by saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echad, and that's the ultimate, that's described in the Chatima, in the conclusion of the Bracha, Everyone will recognize that you have made him. All created things will know that you have created them. Everyone who has breath within him. God is one. God of Israel, one is king. And his kingship is universal. That's the bracha of Malchuyot. There's a lot more, obviously, to describe it. Malchut is a complicated idea. Want to do it, so to speak. Hebrew, we say, the edge of a fork. Next week, I'll continue in Zichronot. Before Rosh Hashanah, we'll find time also to show Farot. And already now, starting to do our preparations for Rosh Hashanah, can really wish you a happy Rosh Hashanah. And 
Yom Malchut. Tov. We're about, we're coming close to the day when our job will be, we have to be ready to place the crown on the head of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. conclude with another comment on the Pasha. It's part of the Bracha Bekhala, it's part of the Bracha. God says that if you do the mitzvot, Uvau alecha kola berachot ha'ele vehisigucha. Literally translated. And all these brachot, all these blessings will come upon you and they will reach you. They will catch up to you. So obviously it's redundant. What's the difference between the Bechot coming upon me and them being masigoti, them being reaching me, catching up to me. What, what does it mean that the Bechot should lehasigotcha? The story is told about the Katzka Rebbe that Chassid came in and asked him this question, what is vihisigucha? And the Katzka Rebbe answered him, vihisigucha kehasagot haraivid al harambam. As you know, there are a number of svarim middle-aged svarim, which consists of hasagot. For instance, the Rambam wrote Sefer Yad HaChazaka. The Ravid disagreed with some things he, he had written. And therefore, the Ravid appended hasagot. Hasagot means critical comments. In that sense, lahasigam mishu means to, to question or to disagree, to be critical of what he's done. So hasagot, the Ravid, all the Rambam are the Ravid's critical notes 
to the Rambam. The Rambam also has a sagot in the Rif. And uh, there are other sparam which are hasagot. One person wrote hasagot to a safer of somebody else. So they're not full sparam in and of themselves. They're notes, marginal notes, but critical marginal notes, attacking or limiting the thing which has been written in the, in the main book. The way the story goes that the chassid walked out, he's a chassid, so he was very impressed with what his Rebbe had told him. He walked out, he told everybody, he was very, very excited, although he admitted he didn't have the faintest idea what it meant. Okay, so I'm not a chassid, so I'm going to try to understand what the Katska meant. And I'm going to make the following suggestion. I don't know if I'm right, this is what he meant, but I, I think it's a good comment anyhow. When blessings come upon us, we, we get them. We didn't necessarily work for them, but God blessed you with something. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. What does it say in the Pasuk? The Pasuk talks about Ashtarot Sonecha, you have flocks of sheep, you have material possessions, you have children, women will be, will be, will be uh, productive, we'll have children, we'll have money, we'll have, we'll have a good life. The rain will fall. That's what the Torah is describing as being brachot. We know that brachot aren't always brachot. The most extreme example is the Pasuk which appears in two weeks in the Pasha. It's one of those cases where I, for some reason, remember, or heard once and remember, King James translation by Yishman Yishurun Vayivat and Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Sometimes, if God is good to us, we wax fat. We get fat and comfortable, and that itself leads to rebellion, to kicking, to, to like a like a mule who kicks out at its owner. That's an extreme expression of it. Some are less extreme. Simply having Bachot, accepting them, having them come into our lives without our really understanding where it comes from, what we've done, can lead to a distortion of our relationship to the world, to the Bachot themselves, to God, and to ourselves. So the Pasuk is describing two things. One is, Yavo Alecha HaBerachot. The Bachot should come upon you. But secondly, Vehisigucha Kehasagot Haraivet Ala Rambam. The Bachot themselves should be critical comments critical addenda to your life. What does that mean? If God gives you a bracha, something extra, something you perhaps weren't expecting, or in any event, beyond what is absolutely necessary, what might be considered to be a luxury, what's it for? Do you merely accept it? Okay, it's mine. I, I deserve it apparently. It's my reward. So I think what the Torah is saying is, don't look at it as a reward. It's true, if you do my mitzvot, you'll have these things, but it's not because it's a reward. Because I really thought that the true reward is in the next world. It's a critical comment on your life. You've been a good person, but it's still a critical comment on your life. If God is giving you something, it's because you needed to do that which you weren't do. God gives me a car, it means because before not having a car... I was missing something, not missing a car, I was missing the ability to, I don't know, drive to hear a good shear, to help people out, to do, to do something which is part of my Avodat Hashem. So God gives us not rewards, but means. Means to something else. And if you get something which you didn't have before, it's because you lacked the means to do something which you should be doing and you weren't doing. It wasn't your fault you weren't doing it, you lacked the means. But now, 
God is giving you means. That's called the Hasaga. It's a critical comment on your life. Not necessarily a de- devastating comment. It's not coming to rip up the book. It's coming to enhance the book by limiting, changing, affecting those things which had been said beforehand. As Yavo Eilecha Habrachot and also Hisigucha. Those things, those brachot which we, which we achieve, which we've been granted, we shouldn't merely accept them as our due, but each one of them should be used to fulfill an additional level, to enter an additional area of Avodat Hashem, use the brachot for others, for ourselves, in order to increase our value, increase our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. If we have material brachot, then they can be used to support more Vodat Hashem for ourselves and for others, for our community. That's why Kaddish Baruch Hu gives it to us. That's a bracha. He's doing it so that we can be even better. And the real bracha, Scha Mitzvah Mitzvah, the real bracha is able to do more mitzvot, to serve Hashem better. And that is why these Ashtarot Sonecha, these flocks of sheep, silver, and gold, and possessions, are being given to us to make us better so that we can have even more merit and more reward both for ourselves and for our community. I want to wish you a Shabbat Shalom. Gold Tov will be back on Monday. Shur of Arav Tavori, the weekly mitzvah for Pashat Nitzavim, Nitzavim Vayelach. And until then, Gold Tov Vipakat Atorah Mitzion. You've been listening to KMTT, the Torah podcast, broadcasting from Yeshivat HaRetzion, in our lunch foot. This has been Ezra Bek. Shabbat Shalom, Mumvorach.